0: a lot i couldn't show uh they all acknowledged god but not necessarily the way they should acknowledge god but uh it was amazing that uh the mothers especially were so many were tears of joy now i'm not sure mary would have had that same reaction from her parents when she announced that she was with child. Uh, she sure, certainly didn't get that from Joseph when he found out that, uh, she was pregnant. And, uh, that was a very difficult, uh, situation. And God told Mary to go, uh, go spend some time with her, her cousin, um, Elizabeth. And, uh, Elizabeth would understand. Cause, uh, Elizabeth was in a somewhat similar situation. It was a miracle. And uh, Elizabeth would um, encourage and, and be a support to Mary in a very difficult time. So this morning, as we look at Luke chapter 2, we are looking at the birth announcement of Jesus. And this is the the uh, birth announcement of all birth an- announcements uh, when Jesus uh, was born. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at uh, verses Uh, 8 through uh, 14 this morning. We are going to be looking at the the angels uh, song as uh, we continue our series in the Christmas playlist. Verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And we end there. You know, we are all very familiar with this story. And there's there's a danger in uh, the familiarity of this story of missing what is actually being said. So I want to take a little slower look at this very familiar passage of Scripture this morning because it's significant because we're talking about Jesus. And the angel is sharing with us this morning who Jesus Actually is. This is, was something that the elders wanted, uh, us to focus on this Christmas season was the deity of Jesus Christ. And the angel is unveiling this to us in this passage of scripture this morning. I like what Vodi Bachman said, uh, about the modern church. He said the modern church is producing passionate people with empty heads who love the Jesus that they don't know very well. And so it's important, church, that we understand, that we know who Jesus is, that we be clear on that. And so this is our focus this morning in this birth announcement. And in verse 10, the angel Right now at this point in verse 10, there's only one angel. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. What we're about to hear this morning is good news. Glad tidings. Tidings means news. This is great news. And it's not just news for Joseph and Mary. It's news great news for all people and that all people even includes the shepherds you know it's not an accident that Jesus um, that the angel revealed this had this birth announcement for the shepherds I mean the shepherds were the, the lowest of the low in uh, Jewish society they were people who were unclean. They were people who lived in the fields and took care of the sheep. And they were always the kind of outsiders looking in because they were unclean. They, they, they weren't even qualified to go into the temple and worship God because of their profession. And here we see this birth announcement coming to the shepherds of all people you know the angels they could have gone to the priest in the temple they could have gone to you know important people in jerusalem but no they went to the lowly city of bethlehem to the shepherds fields outside of bethlehem and announce the the announcement of announcements to the shepherds, this is good news for you, shepherds, and this is a message to to us as a church that this is good news for all people, not just the clean people, not just the the, the people who uh, the privileged people. No, this is for. Everybody, the social outcast, the marginalized, the unacceptable, the unclean. It is for all people. And what is this news? Who is being born? What is this person like? The angel tells us three things in verse 11. Honing in on verse 11 now. The angel says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. That's the first thing we learn about uh, this baby that's born in Bethlehem. He is a savior. We all need a savior, church. If you've ever sinned against God, guess what? You're in need of a Savior. And the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we all are in need of a Savior. And it is going to be this baby who's going to grow up and die for our sin. You're going to call His name Jesus. The angel said to um, Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel said to Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Jesus' name means Savior, the one who saves. We needed a Savior who could save us from our sin. And what we learn about Jesus as we read the New Testament and the Gospels is that this Jesus forgives sin. You know what? Only God can forgive sin. And Jesus is claiming, is saying that He is God, that He has been given the authority by God to forgive sin. And Jesus proved it. Through miracles, through healing, as you read Mark chapter two, verses one through twelve, uh, Jesus was teaching those who had brought this invalid to him that that he could forgive sin, and, and I want to prove to you that I can forgive sin by telling this man to take up your pallet, get up, and walk. Jesus is the Savior. And we need a Savior. We are all in need of forgiveness, church. And hell is reserved for those who have not been forgiven of their sin. And heaven is reserved for those who have been forgiven of their sin. And so my question to you this morning Is Jesus your Savior? Have you come to Him in humility and acknowledged your sin before Him and ask Him, humbly ask Him to forgive you of your sin, that you believe that He died on the cross for your sin? He took His your punishment upon Himself? That's Jesus' invitation to you this Christmas season. Just because you go to church, that doesn't save you. I thought because I was going to a, a little missionary Baptist church in Fresno, California, You know, I was born in that church. I was there every time, day, time the, the doors were open. I thought I was saved. I assumed that I was saved. Until a friend of mine who was the same age as me said, Billy, guess what I did? I became a Christian. Well, what makes you so different from me now? We'd be going on the same vacation Bible school. We're in the same Sunday school class. You know, we, we do everything together in this place. And now you say you're a Christian. I'm not. And I got scared. Because I knew where people went who uh, didn't have Jesus in their heart. And so I cried out to God, God, show me how I can become saved. And my uncle, uh, during an invitation that next Sunday, I think I heard, I think my mom heard me crying myself to sleep, uh, each night that week and, uh, talked to my uncle Jimmy, who was a Baptist preacher. Um, can you help Billy understand how to become a Christian? But he came up to me during that invitation tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, Billy, you want want to ask Jesus into your heart? My heart melted, and I said, yes. And he took me into a small room in the back, and I got down on my knees, and I asked Jesus into my heart. I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin. You know, when I got up off my knees, I knew exactly where Jesus was. And I have never doubted that decision. Now, have I been perfect? Absolutely not. But the Holy Spirit who lives within me convicts me when I do wrong. And my relationship with the Lord has kept me on a path that has kept me from making poor decisions that would destroy my life. Jesus is my Savior. And Jesus, my friend, wants to be your Savior. The angel says once again in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Not only is he Savior, but the angel goes on to say that who is Christ. Another word for Christ is Messiah. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Christ. Christ means anointed one. And and this anointing is referring to the meaning of Messiah. This is another title for Jesus. And we see this spelled out, this Christ and Messiah and other parts of uh, the New Testament in John chapter 1 when Andrew met Jesus for the first time Andrew was so excited he went to his uh, brother Peter and said come meet the Messiah and you if you see that in John chapter 1 verse 41 in parentheses it says which means Christ so when the angel is announcing that um, that Christ has been born in Bethlehem. This is reference to the Messiah as well. Same can be said in John chapter four, verse twenty five, when Jesus was with the woman at the well. The woman told Jesus, I know the Messiah is coming. And in parenthesis, John four twenty five, it says, He who is called Christ. And so Jesus, this baby that's been born in Bethlehem, he's the Savior, he is Christ, the Messiah. How do we know that that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah that the Jews have been anticipating for centuries? Well, from the Old Testament, in just this portion of Luke, we know that this baby is to be born in Bethlehem, according to the prophet He is to be born of a virgin. He is to be a descendant of David. And he is to be born of the seed of a woman. And Jesus fulfilled each of these prophecies. Jesus had no control over these prophecies. These prophecies were laid out, some as as much as uh, 1,500 years earlier, 2,000 years earlier and Jesus fulfills these four and he's going to fulfill far more as he continues to to grow and uh o- obey uh God in ministry but we know from um, this portion of sp- sp- scripture early on in the gospels that Christ Jesus is the Messiah and not only is he savior Messiah, but he is also Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. What does Lord, uh, in um, that word for Lord is kurios. And it can mean uh, some different things. It can be, mean master. It can be, mean, sir, you know, uh, respecting, addressing somebody, uh, that's in your presence. And it can mean, Lord. It can mean the covenant name of God. And that's what the angel is referring to in Luke chapter 2 verse 11. He is the, the covenant God. He is Yahweh. And we see this curios referred to, um, interpreted the same way in other parts of the New Testament. If you look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Let's just turn there for a minute. Philippians chapter 2. Let's go. start with verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Kyrios, Lord, the covenant Yahweh. God to the glory of God the Father Romans chapter 10 verse 9 turn there for a moment Romans chapter 10 verse 9 <clears throat> let's start with verse 8 but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, trios, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the covenant God. He is the deity. He is, this This baby is deity. He is the ruler. He is the sovereign, almighty, everlasting God. This is the angel's announcement to shepherds. He's Savior. He's Christ, the Messiah. And He is Lord. The sovereign God over all. The covenant-keeping God. We need to know that, church. We need to know whom we are worshiping. He's, He's not just our buddy. He's not just our best friend. He is our great high priest. And He's coming again. And He's going to be worshipped for all eternity. And And we need to be prepared. Because the Bible says every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. And if you wait until you have to confess, guess what? You've waited too late. The best thing that you could do And what God wants you to do right now is get on your knees now and say, Jesus, I believe. You are Lord. He wants to be your Savior. And in knowing this, there are two great outcomes. We've looked at verse 11. now I want to focus in on verse 14 the bible says in verse 14 now in verse 10 11 this was one angel speaking now there's going to become there's going to be uh a multitude of angels a multitude in this passage of scripture means uh An infinite number, we don't know how many, an incalculable number come and affirm what this one angel has shared with the shepherds. And so here we go, verse 13 says, and suddenly there was with an angel, with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Church, when we know these things about Jesus, and Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior, we can't help but give glory to God in the highest. And when we give glory to God in the highest, guess what accompanies that praise, that worship? His peace, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Now, if you have a, a King James Bible, your King James Bible says, "On earth, and and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." That's not an accurate uh, translation. The NIV says this, on earth peace to men with, on whom his favor rests. God's favor rests. The New American Standard says, on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And in my ESV version, it says, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I don't know that there's a person that you could talk to that isn't looking for peace. And you know, this great news that came to the shepherds and this great news that is available to all doesn't necessarily come to all. In order to experience the peace that God wants to bring, you know what? It begins with giving glory to Him. These two things, giving glory to God and His peace, go together. And God is pleased with those who give glory to Him. And so this promise... This great news, yes, it is available to everybody, but not everybody experiences it. It's only those who give Him glory. So if you want to experience the peace of God, it first begins with giving God glory, acknowledging who he is, that he is Savior, he is Christ, he is Lord. And as we give glory in the highest, the Bible says, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You please him in giving glory to him. I'm reminded of another passage of Scripture when when Jesus uh, is baptized by his cousin Don in the Jordan River. And Jesus, in an act of obedience, as he is about to begin his public ministry, he humbles himself and allows himself to be baptized. Bible says the heavens open up and a dove descends and the voice of, of God the Father speaks, this is my Son in who I am well pleased. Worshiping, giving God glory, the glory, glorifying His name in the highest is an act of worship, it's an act of obedience, and God is pleased with that, and God wants to impart His peace to you and I. How do we know that we are pleasing to Him? By living a life of faith. He wants us to trust Him. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. And so God wants us to live a life of dependence. God, I need you. I can't do this alone. Help me. Living that life of obedience. And so, here we see in this passage of Scripture... And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You know, we look at our world today, we look at look at our culture. There's not a whole lot of peace in our world today, is there? There's a lot there's there's a whole lot of unrest. There's a whole lot of uncertainty. And we're not going to experience this global peace until Jesus comes again. And he's going to set up his kingdom here on earth for all eternity. That's yet to come. And so we're not talking about a global peace here. We're talking about a peace that is inaugurated in people's hearts as they trust him. And this peace um, is experienced in three different ways. Number one, there's peace with God. And that's, that's where it begins. You can't experience the peace of God until you have experienced peace with God. When God is on the throne of your heart, when you make that personal commitment that, that asking God to become your Lord and Savior, and he forgives you of your sin, uh, then you experience the peace. uh, you, You experience peace with God. But he needs to be the ruler of your heart, and this is our most basic need. Every person who's ever lived on the face of the earth, this is their most basic need. And yes, they are looking for peace in all different kinds of ways, but the only place they're going to find it is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. People are exp- are, are spending thousands and thousands of dollars to experience peace, whether it be through counseling or it be through... Um, um uh, through through drugs or alcohol uh, they 're looking for peace, and some of these these things might be good, and some of these things might be necessary, but the basic to all of these things is a personal relationship with jesus christ if we 're not pointing them to jesus we 're not helping them. Jesus is our most Basic need. And we need to experience peace with God. And we experience peace with God when we believe Him. When we glorify Him in the highest. When we come to re- realize that it is not about me, but it is about Him. With his will, His purpose for my life. Give him, glory, and, as we make peace with God, we experience the peace of god the peace of God. think about that for a minute. Does God ever get stressed out? Can you think of a time when God was stressed out? No. He's got it all under control. There's nothing but peace that resides with Him. And He wants to impart His peace into our life. He wants us to experience the peace of God. But boy, it's easy for us to get stressed out, isn't it? I was I was talking to a lady just before the service. It's so easy for me to pass, worry, Pastor. I understand exactly where she's at because I'm the same way. And the reason why we stress and the reason why we, we worry is because we're not in control. We want to be in control. God is in control. And As you and I draw close to Him, He gives us his peace. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. In other words, roll your anxieties over onto him, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. God wants to give us his peace. We experience his peace when we make peace with him. He gives us his peace. We experience the peace of God. And we can also experience peace with others. How do we experience peace with others? Maybe I'm sure that there are some here in this room this morning that you've got some difficult relationship going on in your life. And there's not a whole lot of peace. And how can you reconcile those relationships? Well, it begins with giving Him the glory. It begins with understanding and being grateful for how much God has forgiven you. The debt that He has erased uh, in your life towards Him. He's completely forgiven it. He's wiped the slate clean. And if we... Can just get to the point where we understand how much God has forgiven me and be grateful for that and give Him glory for what He's done and is doing in my life, then guess what? It becomes a little bit easier to let somebody else off the hook that has offended us or offended you. But it starts with reminding yourself of how much... God has forgiven you. God wants to be, uh, the, the supreme focus of our life. And when He is the supreme focus of our life, then we can learn, we can begin to build bridges toward other people that we've burned. Or that we don't want to cross. If Jesus is truly the supreme focus of our life, we can begin to establish peace with others. If He's not supreme, we're looking, we're dwelling on how much we've been offended. We're looking at how much we disagree about and we're just focused on the problem, and we're just looking around us, and everything that's not going right, and we've lost our focus on Him, giving God glory, glorifying Him in the highest, peace with others is an impossibility. And that's what's happening in our land today there's not a whole lot of peace in our culture. There, there's a lot of hostility, and there's a lot of bitterness and, and anger. Do you know why? Why we have all these, this violence and these, these shootings and uh, kids that are out of control? And I can go on and on. It's because we've removed God. From our society, we've removed God from our personal life. You know, the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 3 through 6, it says for a long time Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their distress they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, sought him. And he was the God of Israel. Let me read that again, verse 4. But when in their distress, they turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found by them. In those times, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in. For great disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the lands. There were broken, They were broken in pieces. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every sort of distress. And church, that's the same story for what's happening in our culture today. We've pushed God out of everything. We've pushed God out of government. We've pushed God out of schools. We've pushed God out of homes. We've pushed God out of our our own personal life. And when we push God out, there's a void that's got to be filled. And what fills that void is evil. And because of that evil, men, women do all kinds of evil things. We need God. We need a Savior. We need a Rescuer. We need a Redeemer. We need God. And when God invades our hearts and our life, and we make Him our supreme focus, and we give Him glory, guess what? He gives us His peace. We make peace with God. We experience the peace of God. And we can begin to make peace with other people. I don't know about you, but that's what I need. And this is great news. And this news only comes through the person of Jesus. And that's whom we worship. We worship. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you for truth. And God, we don't want to worship you just purely on an emotional basis, uh, just filling our hearts with who you are, but our not minds are not comprehended the God that you are Jesus what you came to do and the fact that you are Lord today you are sovereign over all things and regardless of what's going on around us God you can be trusted we don't know that about you Lord, life falls apart. We don't have peace. We want peace. Friend, are you here this morning and you want peace? It starts with giving God glory. The two go hand in hand. And if he hasn't been supreme, in your life lately, would you confess that? If you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with Him. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. Come into that relationship by acknowledging your need for a Savior. And only Jesus can save you from your sin. Confess Him. As you're curious, He's Lord. He's Lord over all. Believe in your heart that He died for you that he was raised from the dead. Believe. The Bible says you will be saved. Jesus becomes your Savior. Father, thank you for hearing our prayer. Be with those, God, who have anxious hearts in this service this morning regardless of their circumstances, may they choose to give glory to God in the highest. Believing that in return, God, you're going to give them your peace with whom you are well pleased. Lord, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for allowing us to be here and hear this timely message this morning. Use it in the life of each individual and in our church and in our community, in our homes. We pray in Christ's name. We're going to have a song of invitation. If you need to pray with someone this morning as we sing this song, there are elders in the dining hall would love to pray with you this morning, encourage you as you take those steps of obedience. But let's all stand and let's sing this song as we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus this morning.